This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomlin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, welcome to Wednesday night service here at Fellowship Church. I'm so glad that you tuned in. Hallelujah. This is going to be the last one that we'll have without you here. Uh, And uh, we welcome you back on Sunday morning for a great service here with Pastor Mike. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful that we can still get the word out and we can still be with you here over the internet. And uh, we'll get in the word and we'll get blessed tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm actually going to start with the offering first today. Hallelujah. Because now that it's just uh, me in here, we have no worship. And I thought, you know what? It's a good way to start the service is to worship the Lord with our tithes and our offerings and to show him that we put him first. Praise the Lord. So in that regard, I want to share a scripture with you in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I'm going to start in verse 6. And it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Hallelujah. And, you know, it's, it's, you can see this principle. I mean, you know, around here we have a lot of farmers. And you know that if you put a lot of seed in the ground then you will have a bountiful harvest hallelujah and so but it says here so that each one gave as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity for god loves a cheerful giver well god loves somebody who gives because he wants to you know how would you like to receive a gift if if somebody's like they're having a hard time giving it to you and they they do it grudgingly out of necessity because they feel like they should give you something they should give you something because it's your birthday or if it's Christmas or whatever. Well, it's, it's, that's not enjoyable. And the thing is that God looks to the heart and he sees if you are giving out of a willing heart or not. And when it comes to being a generous sower, you know, when, when it comes to putting your seed in the ground as a farmer would do, then of course it has to do with the, the amount that he puts in the ground. But, you know, when it comes to, to God, he doesn't look at, at, at the amount. He looks at what do you have and how much are you giving from what you have. And that gives everybody, hallelujah, the, the, the chance to give generously. Hallelujah. You can have a little and you can be more generous than the one who has a lot because God sees what you have and he looks at your heart. Hallelujah. And it says here, and then, God is able, in verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. And so he says that, that, that you have all sufficiency in all things. Hallelujah. All means all. So you will have more than enough for every good work work that more than enough and and looking at that word abundance specifically it means enough and to spare over and above that's what God is able to do for you when you put him first and you sow generously into his purposes you sow you sow generously because you want to see the gospel go out you want to see people get saved you want to see people get a revelation of who they are and what they have in Christ so they can live victorious lives when you give from that perspective hallelujah you will see an abundant harvest because God is faithful watching over his word to perform it on your behalf. Hallelujah. And I I wanted to share this scripture with you because 
first of all, I want you to, to give in faith. And, and second of all, I think it is important that we do engage in these matters. First of all, so that the, the message can go out unhindered because, you know, it takes, it takes funds, it takes stuff to get the message out. Like I say a lot of times, you know, you can't, you know, the missionary, he can't go to the airport and, 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 and expect to give the, the, the lady or the man behind the counter a hug and expect them to give you a ticket. No, they're going to expect something more than that. You know, it's nice to get a hug, but it's going to take something more for them to be able to get on that plane and go to a different nation and preach the gospel. So we need, we need finances and we need stuff to get the job done. And the, the best way to get, to get the, 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 the stuff to you is if you engage and you give generously, then God will make sure that you have more than enough for every good work. That means your needs are met according to his riches in glory. And then you have over and above your needs to help others do uh, what they're supposed to do for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. I just wanted to share some scriptures with you there. And if you're ready to, to give, I'm sure they have it on the screen there. You know the different ways that you can give. One of them is to text to give. That's what I do. And, um, and you can read up on it there. I'm just going to pray over our offering. And then, hallelujah, we can get on with our message. Praise the Lord. Father, we're just so grateful for your goodness, for your mercy, hallelujah, for you looking after us, Father God. And you are also watching over your word to perform it. And Father, you said in your word that if we put you first, Father God, if we sow into your purposes because we love you and we want to see the gospel, Father, go out and reach the lost, Father, if we do that, Father God, you will make sure that we have more than enough, Father, to not just exist ourselves, but to keep on giving, Father God, more and more and more, and we will get the job done, and we will see Jesus return. We thank you, Father, for all of our needs being met, for all of the needs of Fellowship Church being met, Father, according to your riches in glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. What a great way to start the service. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm already excited. I'm already glad I came. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I want to talk to you today about uh, how the devil operates and, and how he, uh, 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 his schemes and how to, to, to deal with him and also how to, 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 to put the right stuff in your heart. Hallelujah. And I want to start in Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to start reading in verse 23. And it says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And verse 27 says, Nor give place to the devil. Well, I think that one of the, 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 the greatest deceptions that the devil has, has managed to get out in the world and also in parts of the church is that there is no devil. And if you don't think there is a devil, then you won't know, if you, if you, you know that you would give him place. And you, would even, you wouldn't even know what to resist if you don't think there is a devil. And so, but there is a devil. And he's a bad devil. <laughs> and he walks about seeking whom he may devour, and he, he is out to steal and to kill and to destroy. And we need to be aware of that, hallelujah, and we need to be on our guard so we can resist him, 
Hallelujah. And so this scripture says, do not give place to the devil, which tells me that we can or we cannot give him place. We decide if we give him place or not. That is up to us. Praise the Lord. And so I want to go on to James chapter 4. I want to give you at least three scriptures here that shows you this same principle. James chapter 4 and verse 6 through 8. He says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So, (laughs) it says you submit yourself to God, but you resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, that also implies that you have authority. Because the thing is that he would not flee from you unless he had to. Hallelujah. And so when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Hallelujah. And the chief way that you resist him is that you don't give him any place whatsoever. Hallelujah. And the thing is that if you resist the devil, if you genuinely, from the bottom of your heart, you resist the devil, he will flee. Why can I say that? Because the word tells me it will. Hallelujah. And in the mouth of two or three witnesses, he said in the Old Testament, that every word be established. And so we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 5. And I'm going to start in verse 8. Hallelujah. And I would encourage you before I read on here, write these scriptures down. Write the scriptures down and go back to them after we've talked about them here together and get them in your heart. Hallelujah. See that it is the will of God for you to resist the devil. In verse 8 of 1 Peter 5, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So first of all, he says, be sober, be vigilant, be on your guard, so to speak. Don't be walking around sleeping. Be vigilant and know how the devil operates. And we're going to look at how he operates here in just a second. It says, he walks about like a roaring lion. One thing I want you to be very aware of is that the devil is not the Hollywood version of the devil. The devil is not big and bad. No, he's, he's little, he's wimpy, but he's a good deceiver. And that's how he gets people. He uses his deception to get you. And one thing is for sure that, that you wouldn't be deceived if you knew you were. So, <laughs> so you know, he'll, he'll, he'll do whatever he can to try to deceive you. But it says here, he's seeking whom he may devour. Well, that tells me also that he, there's some that he may and some that he may not devour. And say this with me, I am a may not, hallelujah. I am a may not, as far as the devil's concerned, he may not devour me. Praise the Lord. And he says here also in verse 9, he says, resist him, steadfast in the faith, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. If we would just resist the devil every time he tries to bring a thought, every time he tries to bring a symptom of any sickness, anything, if we would resist him at the onset, we'll be so much better off. Because who of you, well, well, we all know 
that we live in this fallen world. There is stuff in this world. You know, if we, will, we will have opposition in this world. There's stuff that is going to come against us in this world. It's, we are in this world, but we're not of it, but we're in it. And because we are, there's going to be some stuff that we're going to have to resist and deny access to our lives. Hallelujah. Because a lot of the church, they act like there is no devil. And they, they kind of dismiss these things and they get tricked up. And that is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Hallelujah. So how does the devil operate? Well, I'm going to read you some out of this book. It's called I Believe in Visions. Uh, Kenneth E. Hagin wrote it. And I would highly recommend this book. It's got a great lot of, of great insight in it. And in here, he had a vision. And, you know, I, you know, well, do you believe in that stuff? Yes, I do. It is biblical. You go through the New Testament, you see that actually that you're supposed, we're supposed to have visions and dreams. Hallelujah. And so anyhow, he had this, this vision. And another reason why I, I really trust this guy is that I went to his Bible school. And I, I sat under his teaching in the early 90s. And, and I saw the fruits of his life. Hallelujah. And because of it, I, and not just that, but I see that what he taught he taught from the word of God. Hallelujah. And at the end of the day, don't believe any preacher just because he's a preacher and he said it. No, always go to the word and see if it lines up with the word of God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read here. And this is back in 1952 is when, the, when this happened. And I'm going to read quite a bit here. So, so just, just but pay attention. Hallelujah. Let God minister to you and let him reveal to you the truth. Hallelujah. So it's getting back to 1952. Uh, the vision God gave me late that night in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. The Lord said to me, from this night forward, what is known in my word as the gift of discerning of spirits will operate in your life when you are in the spirit. I will show you how these spirits get a hold of people and dominate them, even Christians, if they allow them to. And Jesus went on to say, there are four classes of demons or evil spirits. He said that they are divided into four groups as mentioned in Ephesians. And this is Ephesians chapter 6. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And he goes on to explain, you know, more in detail about all these, these four. And I'm not going to go into detail about that. But I want you to, 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 to know and be aware that there is a spirit realm that we don't see, but we, we do uh, experience influences from that realm you know we, we can ex experience uh, 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 thoughts we can experience uh, 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 impressions and 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 even f you know feelings on our bodies from that realm and so the Lord went on to say the highest types of demons which you have to deal on earth the rulers of the darkness of this world rule all unsaved people that is all those who are in darkness they rule over them and dominate them that is why people do and say things they don't intend to. That is why some good people say, I would never do anything like that. And before a year has passed, they've done something worse. This is because they're dominated by the rulers of the darkness of this world. They are in the kingdom of darkness. And whether you want to admit it or not, even your close friends and relatives or whoever it may be, if they're unsaved, are dominated by these spirits who are rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, I'll show you how these evil spirits get a hold of people when they are allowed to. That's a key word, allowed to. The Lord said to me, suddenly in the vision I saw a woman. I immediately recognized her as being the former wife of a minister. 
I've been introduced to her and her husband on one occasion. Other than that, I didn't know either of them, and I had no communication with either of them in any way. I only knew that she had since left her husband. This woman was a child of mine, the Lord said. She was in the ministry with her husband. She was filled with the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit were operating in her life. One day an evil spirit came to her and whispered in her ear, You're a beautiful woman. You could have had fame, popularity, and wealth, but you've been cheated in life by following in the Christian walk. The woman realized that this was an evil spirit, and she said, Get thee behind me, Satan. And the spirit left her for a period. You see this, you know, I want to bring out a couple of things before I read on here is that, you know, even just, be, or just because somebody is a minister of the gospel does not mean that they are exempt from the devil trying to deceive them. Did you hear me? Hallelujah. And also, the way that he, he, he does it is, you know, he, 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 will, he will use some of the desires that you might already have. He will have some custom-made deception just for you. And he will also let you know that you've been cheated in life. You could have had so much more if you'd just been in the world. You see that. And it says here, the spirit left her for a period. For a period. By and by, the same evil spirit returned. He sat on her shoulder and whispered in her ear, you're a beautiful woman. But you've been robbed by taking this lowly walk of Christianity and living a separated life. Again, she recognized this as Satan and said, Satan, I resist you in the name of Jesus. And he left her for a while. <laughs> I, would like, it would be, I, I would like to be able to tell you that you, if you just resist the devil real good, one time he'll leave you forever. But that's not how it is. As long as we are in this world, he will be around and he will always deceive. That's what he does. But he came back again and sat on her shoulder, whispering the same things in her ear. This time she began to entertain these thoughts, for she liked to think she was beautiful. As she began to think along the lines the devil suggested to her, she became obsessed with that thinking. Then in the vision I saw the woman become as trans transparent as glass, and I saw a black dot in her mind. That dot represents the fact that she's obsessed in her thinking with this evil spirit, the Lord said. At first, first she was oppressed on the outside, but as she allowed the devil's suggestion to take a hold of her thoughts, her mind became obsessed. Obs obsessed. She wanted to think, I'm a beautiful woman. I could have wealth and popularity, but I've been robbed in life. Still, it wasn't too late. She could have resisted. She could have refu refused to think those thoughts. Then the evil spirit would have fled from her, and she would have remained free, but she chose otherwise. We have the choice, ladies and gentlemen. And finally, she left her husband and went out into the world, seeking the fame and wealth which, which the devil offered. She took up with one man after another. After a time, that thing got down into her spirit. In the vision, I saw the black dot move from her, heart, from her head to her heart. And then the woman said, I don't want the Lord anymore. Just leave me alone. I said, Lord, why are you showing this to me? Do you want me to pray for this woman? Do you want me to cast the devil out of her? No, I don't want you to pray and cast the devil out of her, the Lord answered, because you couldn't anyway. She wants that evil spirit, and as long as she wants it, she can have it. And that's the key right there. You know, we, we do not have authority over human spirits. We have authority over evil spirits. But if somebody, they, 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 they like it, they want it there, there is absolutely nothing you can do. And so, Kenneth Hagin went on, he said, Then why did you show me this, Lord? 
He said, I've shown this to you for two reasons. First, so you could see how an evil spirit will get a hold of a person, even a child of God, if they will let him. Second, I want you to deal with the evil spirit that is operating through that woman and harassing and intimidating the ministry of her former husband. How do I do that, I asked. The minister was in the same state I was in, but the woman was in another, another state. There's no distance in the realm of the spirit, the Lord said. Simply speak to that spirit and command him in my name, saying, you foul spirit that is operating in the life of this woman, calling her name, that is harassing and embarrassing the ministry of the servant of the Lord, calling her husband's name, I command you to desist in your operations and stop in your maneuvers this moment. In the spirit, I said those words, and immediately the spirit ceased to operate through her to intim intimidate that minister. From that day forward, the minister was never again troubled by her, by her or that spirit. Lord, what will happen to her, I asked. She will spend eternity in the regions of the damned, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, he answered. And in the vision, I saw her go down into the pit of hell, and I heard her awesome scream. And that is not the, intend, the intended end of the Lord. And I'm jumping over some stuff here because he does show him from Scripture how this is possible. And he said, it is sad <clears throat> that this woman left her husband for another man. But adultery is not the unpardonable sin. If she had turned back <clears throat> to me in repentance, even though she might have had a hundred men, I would have forgiven her. Whatever she might have done, if she had asked me to forgive her, I would have. Even if she'd been a baby Christian and she said, I don't want Jesus anymore, leave me alone, and didn't actually realize what she was doing, I'd forgiven her. If she'd done that because she was tempted and pressed into it beyond measure, I would have forgiven her. But she knew exactly what she was doing, and she acted willfully when she said, I don't want him anymore. Therefore, I tell you not to pray for her. I merely showed you this so you might see how the devil can get a hold of Christians if they will permit it. <clears throat> and isn't that an interesting thing? Uh, it shows you, excuse me for a second. It shows you how the devil works and that he will always work with deception <clears throat> and the devil will never be able to do anything to you unless it comes through your mind and that should give you great comfort because you decide what thought you take and and I think it's important for everybody to know too that you are not above getting deceived we need to all be aware of how he works we all need to be aware of the vials of the enemy and in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I know that Pastor Mike has been referring to this, you know, fighting the good fight of faith. And this is part of how you do that. You resist the devil. He says here in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and to the obedience of what the word says if you ever wonder what is God's will look in God's word and you will find his will and you will know how to resist the devil remember in Luke chapter 4 Jesus himself was tempted by the devil if Jesus was tempted by the devil I believe that we will probably be tempted by the devil but we overcome in the same way it is written 
Hallelujah. It is written, and we can resist the devil and his thoughts, and he will have to flee. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so I wanted to bring that out to you because I want us to be aware of how the devil works and that he will never come as the devil. No, he will come with thoughts and suggest suggestions and hope that you will take them so that he can get in to your thinking. Because if he can get into your thinking, <clears throat> he can affect what goes on in your heart and then he can basically rule your life. But we're not going to have that. We are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. So how do we counteract these tricks of the enemy? Hallelujah. I want to get into that tonight. And I'm going to bring out something that the Lord talked to me about this years ago. And I was just sitting in my study and I was looking into the word, spending some time with the Lord. And he, I just asked the Holy Ghost to teach me something. I just gave it up to him. I wasn't, I wasn't studying on something in particular. I just asked the Holy Ghost to teach me because he's, I know from the word he's the teacher. And if that is true, well, then I'm just going to let him teach. Hallelujah. So he said, go to James chapter 1. And, and I didn't really have a relationship with James chapter 1. I really didn't necessarily enjoy it too much. Uh, but he said, go to James chapter 1. And I said, yes, sir. Because I'm just like, well, you know, I asked you, and, and here we are. So, so teach me something. And, he, and I, I, I just started, you know, I started reading in verse 1 and went down. And, and in, in verse 21, it, I started to, to get some revelation from heaven. <clears throat> and I'm going to start there tonight, James chapter 1, verse 21. He says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. It is now forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's Religion is useless or empty. It will basically not produce anything. So going back to verse, verse 21, at the end of it, it says, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And, you know, you, we are to humbly receive the word. You know, humbly, you know, it's not whatever we've received from God. It's not because we are great or amazing or we've done something special to get it no we just received something that was given by God because God is good and his mercy endures forever what you received was the word of God and first Peter 1 23 says that you know it is it is it is alive hallelujah and we received that word and it produced in us hallelujah eternal life and that uh, word in 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 verse 21 I want to go back to that and receive with meekness the implanted word you know, implanted, it denotes a fixed position when you look at the Greek. And, and it's so, so it just tells you that it's already there. 
Hallelujah. Well, we were born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Hallelujah. And a seed, according to Genesis, produces after its kind. So if you are born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God, then whatever God said in his word about you is already in you. You just need to get your mind renewed and get, get, get yourself to agree with what God says. And then these things will be able to take effect in your life. And that was the first thing that, that the Holy Ghost helped me see was, was, was it's already there. You know, don't try to get to this and this and this place. No, try to get revelation of what you already have just because you're a child of mine. Hallelujah. And it says here in verse 22, goes on, but be doers of the word and, hearers and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. Hallelujah. It's not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. So we need to ju not just see, but we need to act on what we see. And some of this acting on what we see, uh, he brings out in verse 26. And I saw something here the other day that I have never seen before. In verse 26 says, if anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, gets a grip on his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. This one's religion will not produce anything. And, and I'm just like, I, I, so I'm just like, how can you deceive your own heart with your tongue? I'm like, I need to know more here. And so I... I got in, 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 into the, the Greek and looked up some of these words. And in, let me see here, I need to get the definition out here for you. Here, that word deceived or deceive in that verse is, is in the Greek means cheat, delude, or deceive. And so the definition of delude, I didn't know this, and, but it is to impose a misleading belief upon. So this word says if you don't bridle your tongue, you just say whatever, you can actually impose a misleading belief upon your own heart with your tongue. And I was like, holy smokes. This is huge because if you can impose a belief that is misleading on your heart, you can also impose a belief that is right on your own heart. And I was like, no wonder God is talking about how important it is to bridle your tongue, get a grip on your lip, get a grip on what you say. You know, we all know Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20 says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth from the produce of his lips. He shall be filled. Verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Hallelujah. So going back to this, you can actually impose a belief on your own heart with your tongue. Is it important what you speak? Absolutely it's important what comes out of your mouth because your heart's always paying attention to what you say. And so we need to bridle our tongues and we need to impose the things that are helpful and that will produce life into our hearts because what's in your heart is eventually going to decide where your life goes. Hallelujah. And that's why the writer of Proverbs says, guard your heart above all things. And one of the ways that you guard your heart is you watch what you let in 
your ears, what you listen to, and because what you listen to is going to come out of your mouth, and then you have this, this deal going on that is not profitable for you. But we can use this in a profitable way. We can basically school ourselves into faith with our own mouth. And isn't that glory to God? Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. I wish you were here so you can shout with me because this is shouting ground. Hallelujah. You can see how God has put it all in your hands, what you do with the word, what you do with what he has already given you. He said, resist the devil. Resist him and he will flee from you. And then he says, get a grip on your lip. He says, you know, in verse 21 of James, he says that, you know, this word is able to save your soul. Hallelujah. This word is able to change the way you think, the way you see life, the way you do life. Hallelujah. When you get in line with how God thinks about you, glory be to God. You give the Holy Ghost something to give to, to work with. And that's one of the two sides that I wanted to bring out today is that you speaking the truth will release the Holy Ghost to do his job because he's the spirit of truth. And he will not take hold with anything but the truth. When you speak the truth, when you get your mouth in line with the word and you speak healing and health, you speak, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In the midst of opposition, in the midst of you maybe losing your job, you say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord will take care of me in grand style because he said so in his word. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. The Lord has said that he will make sure that I have an abundance for every good work. In the midst of you having a challenge in your body, you have symptoms, some, some sickness of some sort, you say, no, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And you know that the devil will be there and he will, he will try to sit on your, on, on your shoulder and say, well, well, I, I know that, but you feel like this. You don't feel very good. You should probably just lay down and give up. <laughs> Never surrender. Never surrender to the devil. Never surrender to anything that is outside what the word says is yours because you're a child of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can school yourself in <laughs> into faith. Glory be to God. One, one great, uh, uh, we can look at, you know, I like to look at Abraham and, 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 and how he overcame. You know, the Lord told him, you are the father of many nations. And he was 100 years old. His wife was barren. It did not look like this is possible at all for you. And I know the devil was there to try to tell him, you might as well give up because this is an impossibility. But he didn't, did he? And I love to bring out what Romans chapter 4 says about Abraham and how he dealt with his situation. Hallelujah. You've, if you've ever been to this church and I've been speaking, I bring this up a lot because it is such a great witness, hallelujah, to how God works. Praise the Lord. And in Romans chapter 4 and verse 16, I'm going to read out of the ESV because it brings out some things very, very well. Romans 4, 16 ESV, that's why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to the one who shares 
the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. You know, these things were for our examples. You know, the Old Testament was for our examples. We could see, you know, what to do and what not to do. And this is one of the things that you can take to heart, and this is how to do. Hallelujah. Verse 17, as it is written, I made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, and listen to this, and calls into existence the things that do not exist. That's how God operates. And you're his child, hallelujah. And you're supposed to imitate him and do like he does, hallelujah. So in regarding to, to Abraham here, in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. I want to pause here for just a little bit. What has God told you? What has God told you from his word? What has he brought to life for you that you may, may have let slip, that you may have let go because it looked impossible? I want you to pick that thing back up. Hallelujah. Because it was a word from heaven for you. Hallelujah. And maybe it was by his stripes I am healed. Hallelujah. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Hallelujah. I want to read on here. And he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. So he didn't deny that there was a fact there, but he denied it to stay. Hallelujah. Since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. So he considered all the facts. And you know what? Facts are facts. But facts are subject to change. Like spring turns into summer and summer into fall. And now fall is going to turn into winter. You know, facts change. But the word of God does not. Hallelujah. Verse 20, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And this is a key right here. He says that he grew strong in faith, so it, it, it implies that it was a, a, a little bit of a process here. But how did it happen? It happened as he, he, he gave praise to God. Hallelujah. He gave glory to God that he is able. Hallelujah. Maybe, you know, Abraham said, I am not able to do this in my own strength, but God, you are able to make the impossible happen. You said I was going to be the father of many nations. Hallelujah. And he kept on bringing glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And if you will do that, hallelujah, God will, because <laughs> the thing is now you're imposing this thing on your heart and it will get you from mental ascent to fully convinced. Hallelujah. And you get to fully convinced now you are happy and you're full of joy because you know that God is faithful. You know that he watches over his word to perform it. And you know that you will have what God said you would have because God is faithful. Hallelujah. He is faithful. He cannot deny who he is. He is faithful. And the only thing that we need is to get to a place of faith. Hallelujah. Where we can access this grace that has already been given, this grace that God gave you the day you were born again. Hallelujah. He placed his spirit within you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and quickens your mortal body. He says in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 11. And the thing is, if you will get that word in your mouth, hallelujah, he will quicken you. He will strengthen you, hallelujah, because he watches over that word to perform it in your life. And I would, if I could encourage you of anything, just find that scripture that God, you know, made alive to you. Or, or maybe you just need to take that Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 and just rejoice in that fact. And as you do, you will get into a place of fully convinced. Hallelujah. And you'll be full of joy and you will be full of strength because God just showed up in your situation. And he might be, you might be in a place where they said, well, it's going to take you this long to recover or whatever. It's just like, well, that might be true. That might be a fact right now, but these facts are subject to change. Hallelujah. And they will change because God is faithful. Hallelujah. And you start to speak that word and you will do like God does. You speak those things into existence. Hallelujah. And that's what you need to do, hallelujah, to get stronger and stronger and stronger, hallelujah, in, in, in what God has already given us. And we need to, to watch these areas of, 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 of our health and of our finances, you know, the blessing of the Lord, the fact that you are blessed needs to be at the forefront of your mind, that you are the head and not the tail needs to be at the forefront of your mind. It needs to be a settled fact in your heart. Hallelujah. Because we have a job to do for the kingdom. All of us together, we have a job to do. Glory be to God. And we need to get settled in these things. And there's no such thing as just, well, yeah, I've gotten there. There's no such thing as just getting there and staying there. No, it's like working out. I mean, I used to run, and I used to run every day. And I'm telling you right now, if I tried to, 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 to get to the same uh, times as I did my, my f f you know, five or six-mile runs, whatever now, as I used to when I was really running every day, I would probably hurt a lot, and I wouldn't be able to do it. Why? Because I haven't been working out. And it's the same principle is true when it comes to the word. You know, you, 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 you impose these things on your heart and you speak the word and you rejoice in the word. That is true. Hallelujah. And you get to a place where you see clearly. And to stay there, you need to stay in the word. The entrance of the word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple, hallelujah. And for you to stay in the light, you need to stay in the word because there is a, a, a negative current in this world. I say this all the time. There's a negative current. You know, you can look at the news outlets. You can look at this and look at that. And before you know it, there is no light. There's just darkness. And before you know it, you feel like, oh, well, you know, the world is going to, you know, you know where in a handbasket. And it's like, you know, what is happening here? And, and how am I going to be able to take care of my family and this economy? And all these things is when you need to stop Feeding on those things, you need to start feeding on what God says. Start feeding on Deuteronomy chapter 28 about the blessing of the Lord that is on you. Hallelujah. Because you follow God wholeheartedly and do what he says. Then all these blessings shall come upon you. You're blessed going in. You're blessed going out. He blesses the fruit of your womb. He blesses everything you put your hands to. He will make you the head and not the tail. He will bless you so much that people will look at you and wonder, how could this be? How that needs to be in your heart and in your thinking. 
And you need to get to Isaiah 53. And you need to look into that and say, you know, surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we received him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes I was healed. Hallelujah. And you have that in you. You're settled in these things. I mean, you'll be able to stand strong. And when the devil comes with his deception and he's, his things, you will, you will recognize it right away. That's not what the word says. Get out in the name of Jesus. Get thee behind me, Satan. You cast it down right away. And it will have no chance of producing anything in your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I think I just preached myself happy. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not going to go on anymore here. I think that that is uh, sufficient for what I, I feel like the Lord was trying to get across tonight. It is always a pleasure to talk to our Fellowship Church family. I love you guys so much, and I'm so thankful that we can get together on Sunday here together and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And hear a good word from heaven that'll encourage us, that'll strengthen us. Hallelujah. And it'll help us just live victoriously. Hallelujah. So without further ado, I'm just going to end here, but I just want to pray real quick before we end. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful, Father, for your word. We're so grateful, Father God, for your spirit living in us. He's He's our helper. He's our guide. He is the one who gives light and revelation. And, Father, I know that, Father, as the word has gone forth today, Father, the Holy Ghost will be all over the truth. Hallelujah. And he will give light and revelation to whomever will receive the word as it is in truth the word of God. I thank you, Father, for your great grace being on each and every one, Father God, that listens to this broadcast today. Father, your peace be in their home. Hallelujah, Father. And I ask, Father, that your protection will be all around. And I plead the blood of Jesus over every household, Father, hallelujah, that is watching today, Father, that you will protect them from all harm. And, Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah, because you are our everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So good to be with you today, and may you have a blessed rest of your day.